0: Chapter Four of *The Haunted Room* by Charlotte Maria Tucker. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four. Preparing to start. The question of a move was finally settled. Mist Court was to be the future residence of its new owner, who lost no time in making arrangements for effecting it in such repairs as were absolutely necessary to make it a tolerably comfortable dwelling. More than this, Mister Trevor did not at present attempt his expenses he knew would be heavy his newly inherited property would yield no immediate supply improvements must be gradually made the life of a land proprietor was one altogether new to mr trevor who had passed thirty years of his life in a government office never being more than a few weeks at a time absent from london being a sensible man he was aware that experience on a hitherto untried path is often dearly bought he expected to make some mistakes but resolved to act with such prudence that even mistakes should not involve him in serious difficulties the six weeks which elapsed before the departure of the family from summer villa were full of business and arrangements mr trevor having to wind up his office work and settle the affairs of his late aunt was except in the evenings very little at home emmy who acted as her father's housekeeper found a hundred small matters to arrange before making a move which must bring so complete a change her brothers attended a private tutor in London, and usually went and returned by the same trains as their father, so that but for the company of her uncle, Emmy would have spent much of her time alone. But the captain was a cheerful companion, and a most efficient helper to his young niece. He made up her accounts, he paid her bills, he helped her to decide which articles of furniture must be taken to the new home, which left to be sold or given away. The slow-paced John was astonished at the energy with which the naval officer would mount a ladder and with his own hands take down family pictures and swathe them in the matting which was to assure their safe transit to wiltshire sure the captain does the work of three one would think he had been prenticed to a carpenter by the way he handles the tools and he runs up a ladder like a cat. observed john to another member of the household captain arrows felt strong sympathy for his niece he saw perhaps more clearly than did any one else how painful to her was the change which was coming over her life her uncle respected emmy's unselfish efforts to hide from her father her reluctance to leave summer villa and all its pleasant surroundings arrows noticed the shade of sadness on emmy's fair face when she received as she frequently did congratulations on her father's accession to property the acute observer could not fail to see that the acquisition of meister court was no source of pride or pleasure to emmy miss trevor was perpetually reminded of her approaching departure from the home in which her life had been so much like a summer holiday many visits of leave-taking had to be paid and few could be paid without more or less of pain Emmy had numerous friends and to some she could not bid farewell without a sharp pang of regret even inanimate things dear from association were resigned with sadness Emmy sighed to take leave of her garden and spent much time in procuring cuttings of her favorite plants, her geraniums, her fuchsias, her myrtles. With what pleasant memories were those flowers connected in the affectionate mind of Emmy Summer Villa and her friends seemed dearer than ever when she was about to leave them behind. Next to the captain, Emmy found her best helper in Susan. Active, thoughtful, the neatest of packers, the most intelligent of maids, Susan was indeed a treasure to a young mistress. You seem to like the change said the cook to susan who was humming cheerfully to herself as she knelt beside a hamper which she was packing with china susan did not pause to look up from her work as she answered i never ask myself whether i like it or not my business is to make ready for it and that is enough for me how dismal a house looks when everything in it is being pulled down and upset remarked the cook standing with her back to the wall and watching susan as she embedded quaint old china teapot and cream jug in white cotton wool as carefully as you might have laid a baby in a cradle the hall all lumbered with luggage the whole place smelling of matting things are wanted just when they've been packed up corded and labeled the walls looking without their pictures as faces was do without eyes there's something horrid and comfortable about a house as has been long lived in when it's going to be left for good "'I'm half sorry that I agreed to stay on the extra fortnight, "'when it was such a convenience to the family. "'I don't know what they'd have done had Anne and I taken ourselves off "'before the move was fairly over.' "'Susan went quietly on with her occupation, "'while Mrs. Lawrence went on with her talking. "'Perhaps Mr. did wisely to keep on Mrs. Meyer's servants, "'for he'd hardly have got London folk to stay in his dismal country house, "'even on double wages. "'We'll have you at the Soho Registry before three months are over.' Time will show, said Susan. Then people down at Mice Court are accustomed to the kind of life they lead there, continued the loquacious Mrs. Mullins. And that's the reason they don't mind it. Frogs like their ditch because they've never known anything better, and I suppose the folk in a haunted house get used to ghosts, as eels are used to skinning. Or learn not to be frightened at shadows, said Susan. I'm not frightened. Don't you fancy that shadows are going to keep me from going to Mice Court? cried the cook. But I could never stand a place where the butcher as john says comes but twice a week in the winter no cook that could abide that it seems that mrs myers cook did observed susan she's no cook exclaimed mrs Mollins with an emphatic snort of disdain she's had nothing to keep her hand in and don't know a vol of vent from a souffle why mrs Myers never saw company never asked a friend to a meal john says that for five days out of the seven the old lady dined on mutton broth and the other two on barley growl john told me that he could hardly touch the dinners which hannah prepared he is used to have things so very different added mrs moll's professional pride if hannah's cooking satisfied master and his son john might have been satisfied too observed susan oh mr trevor is never particular about his food and as for master bruce john said that he was so much taken up about arrangements and alterations and improvements that he would not have noticed if the stew had been made of old shoes but master vibert he is not so easily pleased he likes his dainty bits his sauces and his sweeties there is some satisfaction in dishing up a dinner for him he'll soon find that this hannah knows just as much of cooking as i do of cow milking and there will be a wort in the house mrs mullins folded her hands complacently at the thought of how much her own valuable services would be regretted and then inquired in an altered tone is the captain going to mysd court with the rest of the party no i am sorry to say that the captain leaves this to-morrow said susan he is before long to start on another cruise and as he has much business to do in the docks he needs to stop for a while in london the carriage who takes the captain away is to drop miss emmy at the house of her friend miss alice to whom she wishes to say good-bye my poor dear young lady every day brings its good-bye to her now it will be well when friday comes and the move to mist court is fairly over i never go to do in house on friday it's unlucky observed Mrs. mouth as she turned away and went off to the kitchen End of chapter four